You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of naturopathic earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. This is the last live, somewhat live podcast from my two-week stint in the north. That's why the audio quality is a little suboptimal, but I am sure you are patient and generous and gracious and magnanimous enough to overlook that. Today we're going to talk about bony outgrowths or horns that are coming out of the heads of teenagers because of excessive cell phone usage. Yeah, this is a problem right now. We have past episodes talking about issues with cell phones. We have quite a few of them, in fact. So if you go back to episode 62 and episode 93, or 83, I should say, we do cover cell phones there. So episode 62 is about nine ways to reduce electromagnetic frequency pollution in your life. In episode 83 is government admits radio frequencies from phones are deadly. We also have an article on the website, Naturopathic Earth, about cell phones effect in our bodies. And if you listen to the podcast that we did with Dr. Kelly, the chiropractor, which was probably around episode 180, 185, he talks about some of the musculoskeletal deficiencies and abnormalities that are resulting from improper usage of our phones and the way we stand or sit when using them. So go back to that episode I did with Dr. Kelly because that's a great primer to this episode. But we are going to glean off an article from Australia. The last Australia one we did, I think, was on single moms having children that are 60 times more likely to be abused uh, because they are of the, of the wayward men that they introduce into their lives. But uh, the name of the article, and of course it is a little, little clickbaity here, but horns are growing on young people's skulls. Phones use is to blame, research suggests. Mobile technology has transformed the way we live, how we read, work, communicate, shop, and date. Indeed, I did that uh, that episode about uh, episode 195 or so, how we spend on average 9 to 11 hours on screens a day, and that's not including work. It's pretty much our life now, right? What we have not grasped yet is the way the tiny machines in front of us are remolding our skeletons, possibly altering not just the behaviors we exhibit, but the bodies we inhabit. So... We know our our attention span is shorter. We know we become more narcissistic, self-involved. We know the rates of depression increase when we're on our phones and so forth. New research in biomechanics suggests that young people are developing horn-like spikes at the back of their skulls, bone spurs, caused by the forward tilt of the head, which shifts weight from the spine to the muscles at the back of the head, causing bone growth in the connecting tendons and ligaments. So... You might have seen some clickbaity articles recently, and you think, oh, horns are growing on kids. It's not like devil horns, okay? This is more of what we used to call an osteophyte or a bone graft, 
or a, a bone spur. Uh, the most common place you get bone spurs is on your feet. Some people get them over on the calcaneus, which is the, the heel bone. The weight transfer that causes the buildup can be compared to the way the skin thickens into a callus as a response to pressure or abrasion. The result is a hook or horn-like feature jutting out from the spine just above the neck. In academic papers, a pair of researchers at the University of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, argues that the prevalence of the bone growth in younger adults points to a shifting body posture brought about by the use of modern technology. They say smartphones and other handheld devices are contorting the human form, requiring users to bend their heads forward to make sense of what's happening on their little miniature screens. The researchers said their discovery marks the first documentation of a physiological or skeletal adaptation to the penetration of advanced technology into everyday life. Well, I mean, I may, maybe physiological, but I know they've done tons of MRIs on what, what cell phone usage has done to the brain. Michael Nittaback, professor of physiology, genetics, and neuroscience at Yale, was unconvinced by the findings. Quote, Without knowing about the cell phone use of any of the other people whose heads x-rays were analyzed, it's impossible to draw conclusions about correlation between cell phone use and skull morphology. Close quote. He likely is bought off by big telecommunication. If you go back to episode on 83, uh, we talk about how much of the academia and uh, Congress and government in general has been bought off by big telecom. You know, there's a lot of money there to suppress how these devices are pernicious to our health. Health experts warn of, quote, text neck, close quote, and doctors have begun treating, quote, texting thumb, close quote, which is not a clearly defined condition but bears resemblance to carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, there's also that condition that happens, uh, what they call it, selfie, the selfie, selfie something, where you, you get uh, like a tendonitis of your elbow uh, because you're extending out your arm so much. Quote, an important question is what the future holds for the young adult population in our studies when development of a degenerative process is evident in such an early stage of their lives. Close quote. Asked the author in one of the papers published in Nature's Research Peer-Reviewed Open Access Scientific Reports. And I'll include a link to the actual article so you can see it. The study came out last year but has received fresh attention following the publication last week of a BBC story that considers how modern life is transforming the human skeleton. So you know if the BBC's covering it, it's got some cachet, some gravitas. Since then, this report has captured the attention of media and have variously been dubbed the head horns or phone bones or spikes or weird bumps. Each is a fitting description, said David Shahar, the paper's first author, a chiropractor who completed a PhD in biomechanics at Sunshine Coast in Australia. That is up to anyone's imagination, he told the Washington Post. You may say it you, you may say it like a bird's beak, a horn, or a hook. That's really bad Australia. I should just give up on these accents. Close, close quote. However, it is designated, Shahar said, the formation is a sign of a serious deformity in posture that can cause chronic headaches and pain in the upper back and neck. Okay, so you might be wondering, well, Gregor, who cares if I'm getting a bone spur, you know? Well, chronic headaches and pain in your back. Part of what was striking about the findings, he said, was the size of these bone spurs, which are thought to be large if they measure three or five millimeters in length, 
and outgrowth was only factored into their research if it measured 10 millimeters or about two-fifths of an inch. The danger is not the head horn itself, said Mark Sayers, an associate professor of biomechanics at Sunshine Coast, who served as Shahar supervisor and co-author. Rather, the formation is a portent, oh, I like the word portent, portent of something nasty going on elsewhere, a sign that the head and neck are not in proper configuration, he told the Washington Post. Their work began about three years ago with a pile of neck x-rays taken in Queensland. The images captured part of the skull, including the area where the bony projections called enthesophytes, enthesophytes form at the back of the head. Contrary to the conventional understanding of the horn-like structures, which have been thought to crop up rarely or mainly among older people suffering from prolonged strain of their neck, Shahar noticed that they appeared prominently on x-rays of younger subjects, including those who were showing no obvious symptoms. The pair's first paper published in the Journal of Anatomy in 2016 enlisted a sample of 218 x-rays of subjects ages 18 to 30. So they're young. I mean, these, that, that's a perfect age for smartphones, right? Smartphones have been around 10 years. So these kids have been using it since they were tweens. To suggest that the bone growth could be observed in 41% of the young adults, much more than previously thought. The feature was more prevalent among men than among women. Mm, interesting, even though women use their smart devices more. But close to 50% of them had these spurs. The effect known as the enlarged external occipital protuberance, the EOP, used to be so uncommon, Sayers said, that one of its early observers toward the end of the 19th century objected to its title, arguing that there was no real protrusion. Yeah, so, uh, and I used to teach anatomy, so the EOP is if you palpate the, uh, the occipital bone on the back and you kind of go down toward the neck, there's a little bony protuberance or a little thing that sticks out, and that's your EOP, close to the occiput. That's no longer the case, the rarity of these things. Another pub paper published in Clinical Biomechanics in the spring of 2018 used a case study involving four teenagers to argue that the head horns were not caused by genetic factors or inflammation, pointing instead of the mechanical load on muscles in the skull and neck by looking down at your screens. And the Scientific Reports paper published the month before zoomed out to consider a sample of 1,200 x-rays of subjects in Queensland, Australia, ages 18 to 86. The researchers found that the size of the bone growth present in 33% of the population ex actually decreased with age. That discovery was in stark contrast to the existing scientific understanding, which had long held that slow degenerative processes occurred with aging, right? So normally you get these bone spurs. Uh, there's the equivalent in your vertebra. Dr. Kelly could talk about that. Like, like um, I, I don't, spondylolisthesis might be the kind of the, the equivalent over there. But uh, we mentioned bone spurs that you get in your feet. And normally these occur just through aging, but these actually go away and they actually peak in the youth and then they go away. They found instead that the bone spurs were larger and more common among young people. To understand what was driving the effect, they looked to recent developments, circumstances over the past 10 to 20 years altering how young people hold their bodies. Quote, these formations take a long time to develop, so that means that those individuals who suffer from them probably have been stressing that area since early childhood, said Shahar. 
The sort of strain required for bone to infiltrate the tendon pointed him to handheld devices that bring the head forward and down, requiring the use of muscles at the back of the skull to prevent the head from falling to the chest. All right, so we got uh, the trapezius muscle is the main muscle on the back of our neck that's responsible for head extension or tilting your head up toward the sky. And then the sternocleidomastoids, which are those two kind of ropey muscles on, on either side of your neck, they're responsible for flexion of the neck or bending your neck down or rotating of the neck. So since we're looking down all the time, I guess my, from my basic anatomy understanding here, then the traps and the supporting muscles on the back have to work harder, and that's what's causing these bone spurs. What happened with technology, he said. People are more sedentary. They put their heads forward to look at their devices. That requires an adaptive process to spread the load. That the bone growth develops over a long period of time suggests a sustained improvement in posture can stop it short or even ward off its associated effects. These are good. Right? Sayers said the answer is not necessarily swearing off technology, because, of course, we know that's not going to happen. At least there are less drastic interventions. Quote, what we need are coping mechanisms that reflect how important technology has become in our lives, close quote. He said, Shahar is pressing people to become as regimented about posture as they become about dental hygiene in the 1970s when personal care came to involve brushing and flossing every day. Schools should teach simple posture strategies, he said. Everyone who uses technology during the day should get used to recalibrating their posture at night. As motivation, he suggested reaching a hand around to the lower rear of the skull. Those who have the horn-like feature can probably feel it. So he suggested reaching a hand around the lower rear of the skull. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have that. But it's right where the traps meet your occipital bone or the bone on the back of your head. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Okay, so what are the takeaways here? Well, clearly, one of the takeaways is cell phones are devils. The devils work, and we need to get rid of them. Uh, no, but, but in terms of posture, we just need to be cognizant of where of how our body is moving, adapting to looking at your phone. So I'm assuming if Dr. Kelly or any chiropractor was here, they would tell you, elevate your head, right? Stop pulling your head down to look down at it, like having your your your, your phone like near your chest. And even though it might look kind of dorky, stick it out in front of your face like you're foresighted and you're trying to read a book when you get old and kind of have the phone out there, which keeps your head straight. Uh, I think the big takeaway is don't put your, your head, don't touch your head down, which is going to cause these bone spurs. Now, some of you be like, eh, who cares? It's in an x-ray. It's enmeshed in my trap muscles. I don't really care. It's not like it's sticking out like a devil horn. No one's going to know. There's no stigma involved. Okay, True but you're rationalizing bad behavior. The article did mention, and this is from the Veritable Washington Post, that you have an increased chance of getting headaches and having upper back pain and neck pain. Why do you want that? You don't want that. I don't want that. So let's adapt. We've easily adapted to cell phone addiction, which is a legitimate problem. I think anyone who is intellectually honest will admit that we have a cell phone addiction in this country, for sure. We've talked about how the, the, the creators of the apps admitted that they wanted to make them addictive. Go to that, that episode we did on Steve Jobs 
not letting his kids use the iPhone and the iPad. In the end of that one, we talk we talk about uh, how different CEOs of some of the biggest apps in the industry have come out and said that they intentionally made these apps to be addictive. And we know the longer you spend on the apps, the higher your anxiety is, your depression, rates of suicide, body dysmorphia, and all these things. Uh, we know it makes us more more sedentary. We know it, it changes the wiring of our brain. Uh, we're not even talking about the EMF issues, the the high rate of, of acoustic neuroma and glioblastoma, these brain tumors, high rate of hip fractures in men when they put the phone near their hip and those little, little phone holders that we used to wear about 10 years ago. We know it affects sperm uh, mobility, so the, the, little, the little guys don't swim as well. Uh, we at, at the least, at the least, these are three major issues. EMF radiation is a problem. Now, some of you know this because you have EMF sensitivity. And so when they're putting in those smart meters at your house, the electrical readers, or when you put in your new smart device, go to that episode we did on how your your devices in your home are spying on you. We talk about that. We also talk about it on episode 180 where we talk about the Internet of Things and the advent of 5G, what 5G rollout's gonna do to our health. These are all major problems, so much to the point where I've devoted six or seven episodes to cell phones, EMF issues, and, and similar topics. I am very concerned about this. I see this just in general with the AM, EMF radiation, but I see it with my students, and you know the, the amount of time I've been in academia, how their behavior has changed because of these phones. Now, a lot of teachers and professors are actually liking the phones because it makes the kids quiet in class. They're not disruptive and they're not yelling because they're all zombies on the phone. But I try to I try not to look I try not to think myopically and I try to think hyperopically and think long term the damage this is causing. Now, the students of mine they know how I feel about cell phones and they you know, Mr. Luna, whatever I'm gonna live forever. I really don't care. I need my Snapchat. But look, it's like it's like John the Baptist, man. We're the voice crying out in the wilderness. Our job is to keep crying in the wilderness and just let people know that cell phones, EMF, 5G, smart devices, these are all major problems that are going to bite us in the booty in about 10 years. When all the longitudinal studies come out about all this radiation that we're getting from cell phones and we're going to see this, this gigantic blow-up of leukemia and different cancers, and infertility and so forth and you know go to the episode we did on overpopulation as a myth go to the one on eugenics and and uh you know population control and different tactics that might be used uh, so that's more conspiratorial but if that's your thing go listen to those but like just be weary try to tilt your head up try to keep your phone on airplane mode download your music or your podcast turn off your phone at night or put it on airplane mode and just listen to whatever you have on there Airplane mode, your friend. Don't sleep in the same room as your router, or turn off the router at night. Last thing is, I I, I made a new friend, a Persian woman, when I was over in the French land, and she recommended she listened to my podcast. That I put all the the um, the website stuff at the end, right? So we can get straight to the topic. And so I'll, I do want to heed her counsel. So guys, of course, the website is Naturopathic Earth. There's a lot of articles that cover naturopathy and natural remedies and things that are important to your health. Go check that out. Support the Patreon account. Click on the link on the episode notes. Donate what you can. The more, the better. Buy Confessions of an Obese Child, my ebook for $2.99 on Amazon Kindle. It's cheap, but it's a great, fun read. Use the links on the Amazon. Use the links on the recipe articles to get onto Amazon. Anything you buy within Amazon within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission and no expense to you. And as always, if you need a personal guru, 
contact me through the website. I also uh, created a an account. If you go to the website on the right, there is a phone app through Clarity where we can talk on the phone one-on-one -on -one, uh, and you just get charged a minute, a dollar per minute. So if you have a question about clean eating or weight loss, weight loss management, if you want to do it more that way, that is fine. Just go to the website Naturopathic Earth and you'll see it on the right side. Click on that, make an appointment, boom, we can be talking within 10 minutes of you listening to this episode. Last thing, Hit the subscribe button. It takes you two seconds. And post a review for all three uh, podcast channels, Confessions of an Obese Child. We have one coming up next week about whether or not it was harder to be fat in the 80s or now. As you know, the essential oils on Herbal Apothecary, formerly known as Katie's Essential Oil Apothecary. And if you listen to the episode, I believe, on orange oil, I'll explain why the name was changed. We'll go a little personal. But we've been rolling out a lot of episodes. We probably have 10 or 11 oils coming out this summer. We've already had, of course, Clary Sage. I'm sorry, Clary Sage is coming out. But we've done cedarwood and sandalwood and bergamot and and um, and some other ones. And upcoming, we have rose and patchouli, Clary Sage, orange. So we're just rolling them all out. So go listen to those. And, of course, listen to all the old episodes of Holistic Health News. There's 210 of them. And some of them are going to tickle your fancy. They're all interesting topics, if I may say so. And if you're getting anything out of this, which I know you are because you keep coming back and my numbers are growing exponentially, donate. I need the money. I need the money. If you want more content, I need you to donate whatever you can. All right, guys. God bless. Take care. Enjoy your summer. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time, music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs>